Hello, and welcome to TARDIS Tropes. I'm Hannah. And I'm David, and we're your companions. And today we are recapping two episodes in one of Doctor Who, season 11. A double feature. It's it's doubled. Yes. Double Um, the doctor, double the pain. Yes. Oh, so much pain. Um, I I actually really liked uh, these episodes when compared to the first two. I I thought these were a definite uptick in quality for old uh, Chris Chibby's. I'm I'm fascinated as to how you could feel that way. <laughs> well, I guess it it centers around the fact that these two episodes are, are about something, which I was very critical of the first two episodes for not really being about anything. Yeah. And while these episodes are about as shallow as, you know, a given Russell T Christmas special. Um, oh, they're like even worse. I mean, they're shallow for sure, but like, okay, very definable themes. Yeah. Racism, bad. Pollution, very bad. bad. Animal cruelty, is also bad. <sighs> greasers in the fifties, evil. Were they greasers? I, no, just the one guy, the evil time traveler. Oh yeah, why would he look like a greaser when he was from the future? That was, that was a nitpick that I had. Yeah. Or why he disguised himself like that if he's trying to fucking fit in. Yeah, he he didn't look like he belonged there. He looked very modern. No one else in Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we start with Rosa Parks, episode three of series Rosa 11. Rosa Parks? Holy fucking shit, it's Rosa Parks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say they they definitely didn't like totally fuck it up. No, they could have. They addressed like a lot of my criticisms that I was about to have. Like I was ready <laughs> to go with like, dude, this episode is just about like a bunch of modern British people stepping in where they don't belong in like this very fraught history that's very easy to fuck up. But they they had that line in like the the end of the episode where it was like um I I don't want to be here for this. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of the system. That okay, are, that, that like... worked for you? Well, okay. Well, why doesn't it work? Because I... it's, it's easy for me to say why it works, because <laughs> I just, I like it. But why doesn't it work? All right. So I, I've read other reviews, too, where people were saying that they found that moment particularly heart-wrenching and like sad but like heart-wrenching. I just thought it was like a good, like, preemptive strike against the criticism, you know? It was yeah. like a meta commentary. And I, I don't know if it was that smart. Like, nothing in these episodes lead me to believe that they <laughs> are able to be that forward thinking and to guard against any I've type of seen, criticism. I've seen a lot of episodes of time traveling shows where the the big finale is like, you know, everybody gets to hold up a sign at the Martin Luther King rally. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we're a part of history. But this is like a scene where they don't want to be a part of history. And I thought that was, um, if not poignant, at least somewhat unique. Uh, I, I guess. I don't know if I would... Like, sure, I guess points for uniqueness, but I don't know if that uniqueness does anything for me. It it felt like it was shoehorning in 
like an emotion at the climax when like we shouldn't have been thinking about how they felt at all in that moment. We should have only been thinking about like Rosa, you know, it's a fair point, but to get super meta with it, I mean, they are as we are the audience. Sure. Um, They're observers in a truly crucial moment in history but also a very pained one. Right, but, um, like, we're there for it. We've all signed on, like, if we're staying meta, like, we've all signed on to watch Rosa Parks get kicked off a bus. But, like, it, I, I mean, it made me feel a little bit guilty for it, which yeah. I think was, maybe, if maybe, maybe that wasn't the point, but that was how I reacted to it. Maybe I'm a bad person, and I was just like, I don't know, I'd sit there, like, <laughs> like without me sitting there, like, this wouldn't happen, like... Right, know. but that's the point, is to make it an obligation rather than a, a perverse enjoyment of the cruelty of history. Sure. You know, when, when we, as an audience, watch 12 Years a Slave as yeah. white people, you know, what are we getting out of it? Yeah. Um, we feel moral superiority to the, the times that have passed, mm-hmm. and we feel a sick joy in watching someone overcome horrible, horrible pain that we don't have to experience. Right. And that's what they're doing. But they, because they're actually there and not watching it through a screen, it it feels really bad. And I like that. I think that's fine. I think the way they handled that in the script was very shallow and blunt and obvious, which is sort of how everything in this episode kind of went. Yeah. I, it's Chris Chibnall. He's not going to be deep. He's about as shallow as a paper bag. Yeah. Um, but, you know, racism is bad. At least it's an episode theme. <laughs> I guess. If there's, I don't know. Like, all of the best parts were where, like, it didn't have anything. Like, I felt like they tried to shoehorn in the time travel part of it. When they kind of could have just had an episode by, like, without the time travel dude, you know? Um, Well, I think the idea of, like, this being a pivotal point in history caused by a small action, that's actually, like, a theme that feels really central to Doctor Who. Sure, Um, I I like that. I I don't disagree with that. Um, I'm just thinking, it feels distracting to sort of have this, like, other antagonist when it's like when it's like history and racism kind of need to be the antagonist um and yeah but you need like i don't know i i I didn't take issue with the existence of a villain in a story because it's hard to write like a sci-fi version of rosa parks but i guess then you would just say then don't do it (laughs) i mean yes here's the thing i don't think it needed to be particularly sci-fi like if we're focusing on small actions maybe the doctor like gives rosa a 50 dollar bill on accident she's like woohoo i can buy a car now and isn't gonna take the bus (laughs) or something you know like that's a bad and then the episode is just them trying to break down (laughs) this car yeah which like I don't know, just, like, something that takes the focus away. Like, we, there's so many characters right now. Yeah. And we're really trying to get to know them, and I think the show is doing an okay job of it, but, like, not enough. Um, I definitely felt that way in the first two episodes, but I felt like in three and four, we get a lot of nice little moments that actually feel character-driven. Yes. And don't feel like, just, like, a break from the plot. <laughs> 
you know yes. like the the conversation between Yaz and Ryan feels very motivated oh and yeah I like the fact that it's it's them they sneak out the back door and they're hiding and they're just yes. having like a quiet conversation while they're hiding from evil cop yeah and I mean I think that conversation was definitely a high point of the episode um another high point was the conversation that Ryan has with Rosa um sort of at her house with like yeah martin luther king also um oh man the thing about this episode and it's like take on history is it's not really accurate but it's accurate in in weird minor ways that ruin its own internal logic yeah so like obviously in real life rosa park's and her protest was extremely planned out it was not like this fluke thing Mm mm-hmm and it wasn't necessarily like even an experience that she had that inspired it. It was um, another, um, you know, another woman in in the South who who you know went to these meetings, these secret meetings with Martin Luther King and all the other black activists. Yeah, civil rights leaders, and they planned this very specific protest. With this very specific woman at the helm because she's so likable. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't just a simple act as the episode situates it. Right. Um, but then they also show that she was part of the planning committee with Martin Luther King. Yeah. So that's weird. <laughs> it is weird. I, yeah. Um, but to sort of go back to my, my other point, I think it it would have been a better episode if it wasn't some external villain who caused them to have to intervene that like they had to sort of fix their own mistake that they'd made on history or something. Um, maybe I just, so you wanted enjoy... it to be back to the future more or yeah, less. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I guess I just enjoy that type of story more. I do like back to the future. Um, like back to the future is fun. And like, there have been plenty of other sci-fi things that have done similar type uh, premises and episodes. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I don't think that the idea of, like, a neo-Nazi white supremacist going back in time to um, change history and make a bunch of alternative facts. That's true. I don't think that's totally uh, irrelevant to, that's, like, our modern... That's true. I will say, as an American, it did feel a little bit weird having a bunch of weird. British people, like, <laughs> talking about American civil rights movements and politics yeah. and stuff. Uh, about how we really did so much for for British civil rights. Yeah. Which, no, we were pretty much holding back civil rights for the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> I like I don't know. It it felt a little weird and muddled and like I appreciate that they like know they have a very large American audience, so this was like kind of for us i don't don't know it just still felt kind of weird i didn't interpret it that way i interpreted the opposite like the 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 show is very hand-holding in its history it doesn't take for granted that like everyone in america knows this story front to back that's true that's true or in in the uk for that matter no in the uk none of them know it front to back because it's not as big a part of their education but in america it absolutely is yeah but, like, not even that. There are plenty of schools that don't really do adequate okay, education. Okay, that's, that's fair. I, I, I was very privileged in terms of my education. Yeah. Weren't we... You want to you know what I wanted this episode to be? What? I, had an, I also had a very specific vision of what I wanted this episode to be, but what? it wasn't yours. Okay. 
Um, when I was in elementary school, I saw this uh, animated special that we would show on like Martin Luther King Day. Stop. I think I know exactly what you're going to talk say. <laughs> and this guy has a magic baseball card. You don't remember? I do. Keep going. <laughs> and he uses it to travel back in time to the time of Martin Luther King. And he meets Martin Luther King. And they together travel to the future so that he can show Martin Luther King all the good his actions have done. Well, and also to keep him from getting assassinated. Yeah, and to keep him from getting assassinated. Like, there's and high stakes in this animated. It's super high stakes, and it's, like, so cheaply animated, and it's so good. Um, and they go to the future, and then because, like, he wasn't there in the past, they've distorted the timeline, and they get to see what a racist modern America would be like, you know, if it was, like, if we never had the civil rights movement. Yeah. Oh, and it's so good. It is really good. And then they have to send him back, and they're like, but he's going to get assassinated. And they're like, don't tell him that. He has to leave the <laughs> movement anyway. It's, like, really fucking dark. It's so dark, and it was, like, just this, like, magic school bus looking. <laughs> it was so good, though. I knew, ex I was actually thinking about that, too. I'm so glad you brought it up. Because it's time travel and it's civil rights. God, I and it's... wish I could remember what that was called. No one knows what it's called. Oh. In the comments, guys. I need ya. If anyone <laughs> can find my third grade teacher and ask her <laughs> what it was called, I will give you Yeah, anybody who currently works at an elementary school. And knows what the fuck we're talking about. I will Venmo you $50. <laughs> That's what I, I wanted. That's a dangerous um, proposition to just put on the internet. <laughs> that, you know, that was what I wanted, but I was pretty satisfied with this. The Rosa Parks actress um, put in a fantastic performance. She did great. The accent is so spot on. I, like, went and listened to some recordings. Yeah. It's well, very no, good. I mean, I found it sort of inconsistent. Like, there are definitely a couple of moments where I was like, you sound British. <laughs> I don't know. At points, I was like, "That that is Rosa Parks right there. Um, um, it was very good. One other thing I want to mention about this episode, uh, and less so about episode four, but more so this episode, the directing was really, really bad. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to it, but yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so distracting. Like, so film is a language, right? <laughs> that you're supposed to use cuts and edits and framing to convey emotion and present mood and to help convey information, basically. This episode was just like far shots extreme close-up on someone's nose like far like every dialogue like scene was just like extreme close-ups a b cut over and over and over and over again and then they would throw in like a weird downward angle because they could and they had like ugh, I, it was just like and like the racists like they were portrayed like not realistically but believably yeah. but like the way that they're shot is like so foreboding so like these are like demons yeah. yeah it was like really really melodramatic acting and <sighs> like shots yeah <laughs> and, and i think i i was reading up and apparently chris chibnall not only like not bringing back any of the creatures or anything 
specifically wants the show to sort of go back to its educational roots, which yeah, like is really clear, I think, from the last two episodes in particular. Absolutely it is. But um, it's also really clear that he's not qualified to be teaching our children. No. <laughs> no. You are not a teacher. You are not a professor. Also, how did he just sign off on the directing for this show? It's, ugh. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, it's really rare that I am so distracted by the editing or, like, shot composition of a show or movie that I have to comment on it. Like, that's how bad this was. Yeah. All right, that's my <sighs> rant for Rosa Parks. <laughs> That's your rant. Well, why don't we like end with the final shot of the episode, the most baffling shot in my opinion, where <laughs> where the doctor is just like, <laughs> what? Wait till you see the real impact of Rosa Parks's actions. Oh A yeah, fucking rock. And like <laughs> shows it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to a like huge pop An song swell that we've named Rosa Parks. <laughs> It's a rock. Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing over there? What are they no. doing over there in Jolly Ole where they think they Name think that the real impact of Rosa Parks on the universe rock. is like that we named a rock after her Ugh. in memoriam. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, let's talk about spider terror. Sp- Spiders. Are you scared of spiders, the spooky David? spooky spiders. I feel like this is the first, like, Doctor Who Halloween episode. Like, maybe not the Ooh. first, but, like... I mean, like, the, I, I don't know if they've particularly tried to release their spooky episodes on Halloween. Yeah. I mean, we could look up the release dates for, like, you know, all the spookums. Yeah, well, I but... feel like, in general, they used to release everything in, like, the spring, so they were never, like, on Halloween. Right. Um, I mean, like, Doctor Who has a very long tradition of spooky episodes. This is not one of them. No. It just has <laughs> spiders and Donald it Trump. It just has spiders and Donald Trump. Yeah. Let's talk about Donald Trump. Do we have to? We uh, we are morally obligated to talk about the fact vote. that Donald Trump exists and I'm... has ruined TV forever. Yes. Oh, my God. Um... This should be coming out the day before the midterms, so everyone go vote. Here's your mid- everyone vote. This this against podcast bad episode TV. was sponsored by Political Action. Take it. <laughs> um, oh Lord! Yeah. I mean, it, if ever there was a bad commentary on Donald Trump, <sighs> the fact like Donald Trump is a hotel owner with like environmentally. Uh, bad business practices is the weakest jab. It's so limp-wristed bullshit. <sighs> he doesn't even like guns. I don't I think know. Donald Trump has ever held a gun in his life. Oh, I doubt it. No, that's not true. I bet he's held one. I don't think he's ever yeah. shot one. Well, and maybe he's shot one, but like he hated it and he yeah. said, you know, take <laughs> this, this loud thing away from me. This is what workers do. People with rough hands. I'm a businessman. <laughs> the so- rough hands and the smooth hands. You got to separate the rough from the smooth. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, oof. Where do we even start? I think we get some really nice moments with Yaz's family. I like them. Yeah, I was like, this is good. This is believable. It's very specific. You know, like, her dad isn't just, like, you know, kind of unlikable. He's he's a conspiracy theorist, which is, like, like a fun kind of unlikable. Sometimes, you know? And I love that, that Doctor Who always sort of, like, like, helps exonerate not exonerate but like confirm it just plays some of into conspiracies weird... yeah but cause... it likes to turn them on their head for yeah. example i don't believe that his conspiracy was that there was a bunch of mutant spiders in the no, basement probably not or that um, there was toxic waste underneath his wife's hotel <laughs> yeah well let's let's focus in on um the captain planet of it all yeah okay well, this is an episode uh, with a Captain Planet villain and a Captain Planet plot and giant spiders. Yeah. That were created by the most pollution. Cartoony <laughs> episode of Doctor Who I may have ever watched. And, like, it really plays into, like, what Chris Chibnall thinks, like, an educational show is. He, he must really like Captain Planet because, like, this is as simplistic as oh, that. Oh, yeah. So, Kids watching this show will know that pollution is bad. <laughs> yes. But I, I just, like, was gobsmacked that... <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked I had used the word gobsmacked. Um, that they really tried to pull the, like, toxic waste mutated these spiders, like, nonsense. In 2018, <laughs> on a technically adult program... Well, now see family. see what they're doing now is it's genetic modification, which yeah. is still something that people can write TV shows about. Yeah, mixed with the old pollution thing, yeah. so it's both and neither, and also it's bad writing. Yeah. Oh God. But I but I didn't hate this episode. Is the thing I just I just it- kind of like turned my brain off for it because like the plot moves forward whether you're with it or without it, and at least there's spiders. Yeah, I think I think also one thing that this episode sort of fell into um, from the the earlier episodes and issue that it had was that it was like overcomplicated. Like there were like was this complicated? It was. It felt no, no, so no. simple. It was simple, but it's like the way they got to the simple end was like bizarrely complicated. You know, like, it's just like, there were so many steps to it in the same way that like in the first episode, there were so many steps to solving that mystery. It wasn't a complicated mystery or a hard mystery, but it was just like, why are we doing 30 different things to figure out what this is? Yeah, like 10 red herrings in between, like, in between clues. And the doctor just keeps like saying things. Yeah. Um, geez. Yeah. We... (laughs) We got we got some doctor in this episode that I was not a huge fan of. Um, we got more gun moralizing, even though <sighs> she was literally still gonna kill all the spiders, just not with a gun. This is the thing: is like she just doesn't like guns. She loves killing. Yeah. <laughs> but like, don't kill someone with a gun. What a British That's bad. Ideal. Let them starve to death or I know. suffocate. Like I was kind of with the villain on this one. He was like, "Then it's a mercy killing." I was like, "Yeah, it is." 
And then, but like, even besides that, like, why are we meant to sympathize with giant man-eating spiders? Like, I get it. It's not their fault they're giant man-eating spiders, but also they are. <laughs> it's not and anyone's not, fault they're anything. They're it's not, not Dalek's gonna... fault that they're Daleks. Yeah. But if they're trying to kill everybody, you got to stop them. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And like, if you're not going to come up with some clever way to like contain them and shut off the mines or something, <laughs> then like... Then Why not just shoot them? Exactly. <laughs> they're they're like giant mindless beasts. They're as close to mindless as you could possibly have yeah. with an animal. Yeah. You know, they're a bug. They have zero intelligence, emotional or otherwise. No. Also, all of the cobwebs look so fakey Halloween. Like <laughs> Happy Halloween. I know. It's just. I was like, ah, oh, fun haunted house you've got going on here. <laughs> but come on, just turn your brain off. And there's uh, there's spiders everywhere, and they gotta they gotta run away from here's, the spiders. Here's the like biggest sin I think of like the last two episodes is that okay. in general I've just been kind of bored. And like, um, I think I've figured out what that is. I really didn't know what it was for a while, but I think I figured out what it is. What is that? Um, there's no B plots in these episodes. Oh my god, you're so right. Um, like for those of you who aren't like writers, um, there's this thing in TV writing where there's act breaks, and typically a TV show is in four acts. Uh, you know, like a movie's in three acts. A TV show's in four, and you typically have some like subplots that are running in the background so that you can like cut away when things are starting to like get dull or, or when you have a big twist. So in, in typically in Doctor Who, you, that cutaway will be to like, you'll cut to the villain plotting or you'll cut to a companion who's been separated from the doctor or, you know, you'll cut to something. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's nothing to cut to in these episodes because everyone is all together solving a singular linear mystery. I will say episode four does have a minor B-plot with Graham going back to the house and hallucinating about his dead wife, which yeah. I actually found a little bit touching. I did, too. I thought the character moments in this were really strong, which yeah. is, again, why I think it's better than the first two. But it still suffers from a lot of Chris Chibnall problems. Yeah. <laughs> And I think I think the reason I was so frustrated with these is because you went in incredibly pessimistic and I yeah. went in very optimistic. And Everyone's got point, a breaking point. Yeah. At this point, I've just come to terms <laughs> with the fact that it's not going to get better. At least not as long as Chris is writing them. No. I mean, I honestly think that um, the, the Rosa episode is the best of the bunch um, because it has less Chris Chibnall in it. It more. is less, but it definitely has his fingerprints on it, you know? Oh, for sure. But, like, you know, like, that episode had everybody breaks off to accomplish a different task. And there's comedic moments that actually land. Like, yeah. that episode, or that part where they go to the lake and they try to scare off that <laughs> yeah. guy. The that worked for me. Yeah. The, the racist bus driver. And he, you know, like... The whole joke is racists are really easy to manipulate because... Because they're so racist. Yeah, um, and, and I like that. Tell them a black person's doing something, they'll get right on that. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I, I liked the fact that everybody had a little something to do. Everyone had a little role in, in 
in the plan and you know ryan gets to break off and go hang out with other people and you can cut back and forth between them there's pacing and yeah energy and then four is a little bit less but there's still sometimes we can like cut away to like the um was it her mom or her sister uh in the hotel it was her mom in the hotel yeah yaz's mom just going what's going on (laughs) what's going on yeah. What's going on? So, like, Yaz's refusal to answer, like, any questions. I was a little bit on her mom's side. Like, you don't have to explain yeah. everything, but you can at least be like, this is a person who I met. We're working together. Like, yeah. Or just, like, Or lie. even just be, like, really blunt about it. Just be like, this is an alien. She saved the world. Right. Let's Most do- people she's doing won't it even again. believe that. They'll just be like, oh, you won't tell me anything. It's like, all right, I tried. <laughs> yeah, I like mean, I, that's like a classic move. I love that trope where you tell tell the truth when you think you're caught and everyone's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> What's yeah. the real truth? Yeah, it's a good trope. I, I mean, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of bad tropes in these in these episodes, you know. All right, one thing I did want to talk about with the Donald Trump character in episode four was, like, all of the misguided attempts at humor from him. Yeah. Like, that I didn't me, really laugh a lot in that episode. No. Well, just, like... I just turned my brain off. <laughs> which is very hard for you to do. Um, It gets easier with the... Uh, <laughs> An episode with as blatant of a non-plot as it's spiders that are big. Spiders. Um. (laughs) Like there's no like there's no like metaphorical meaning to anything. There's no like, you know, there's no like um, moral tension or like mystery tension. It's literally just the tension of like, well, maybe we'll get eaten by a spider. Yeah. And, like, I typically want my Doctor Who to be better than arachnophobia. Well, and also like, it's trying to ask movies. us to, like, the mystery of, like, why the spiders are like this and why <clears throat> Donald They're Trump is big. hiding something. And then, like, I, I don't know. Just, like, the explanation Turns for it out is, they're just big. is so anticlimactic. And it's just, like, oh, so, like, it's just toxic waste. Okay. Yeah. You know, like cool. I even prefer and a lot of people hate this episode. Um remember that episode where all the trees grow in the forest of the night season 8? Oh yeah. I I even prefer that. Like, you know, that's an episode also where everything kind of wraps itself up and nobody really had to do anything. Yeah. And like there's like a mild mystery element that kind of goes nowhere. Yeah. But I even like that better cuz like at least it was like, oh, the trees got huge. To protect the earth from a solar flare and like, you know, there was tension in like, like there really wasn't any like evil villain or plan, but it was just sort of, well, it was less, it was just sort of a natural process that was beyond our comprehension. Yeah. I, I I think that episode is maybe better than this because it doesn't employ a cartoon villain and it doesn't have like a bizarre <laughs> bodyguard who like is just there to get eaten and like yeah I f- totally <laughs> forgot about that character until you just mentioned him not to mention like the weird like sidekick girl who gets eaten in like the first 
act or whatever because she's yeah. trying to expose the coal mines. Um, yeah. We filled the coal mines with toxic waste and then put living mutant spiders in there and then they just grew like this. Well, they didn't know about the spiders. <laughs> I mean, like it's like it's like that myth that like goldfish will grow to the size of their container, oh, God, so you yeah. can just like put yeah. them in the ocean and they'll grow giant. Yeah, like, it's a myth. It's not true. If this is supposed to be an educational show, why <laughs> why are there giant spiders in it? Yeah, like why is it so fake? All also, lies. I saw on the internet people nitpicking that at one point the doctor says poisonous when she means venomous. Oh, fuck. Get owned, Chris Chibnall. For, for our uh, ch- children fans um, who, who I guess listen to this, um, venomous is when they bite you and poisonous is when you bite them. That's it. That's it. That's the difference. We just were more educational than Doctor Who, and we said the F word, like, five times. (laughs) Can we, like, I just don't understand who the Doctor is. Mm -mm, Um, Not at all. I'm totally lost with her characterization. So, like, there's a point where she says, like, maybe I'm socially awkward. And she, like, doesn't feel like she's nervous or anxious, which would be a character trait. No. She just kind of, like, talks at length about irrelevant things and red herrings and then is like the moral center of the group because nothing she ever says is morally wrong ever or is questioned by anyone. That's another thing where I'm like, the show is driving me nuts because there are three companions (laughs) and the companions are supposed to sort of be the like moral center for the doctor. They're supposed to be the heart. But, like, the doctor's doing that. But, like, let's not even be that prescriptive. Let's not even be that prescriptive. Like, in in any show, when you have multiple characters, multiple characters should have different moral perspectives. Right. This is where conflict comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you could you could point to literally any show that is any good and you will have at least two moral perspectives on an issue. But in Doctor Who season 11, it feels like there's one acceptable moral position and that's the doctors. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me like think like even though Russell T had a pretty like, you know, he he thought that David Tennant was Jesus. Yeah. But he still made him kind of like a flawed character, you know? He wasn't always right about everything. Yeah. I'm like, <sighs> that's that's sort of like Donna's whole purpose and I guess. Exactly. Character. Exactly. You know, D- David Tennant wasn't perfect. Eccleston wasn't perfect. No. Matt Smith was a fucking creepo. I'm and, I'm really uh, worried that it's this whole thing of like when female characters get written by men, like there's a lot of pressure on them to be perfect. Um, I I wonder if that's the thing or if Chris Chibnall just doesn't have any idea of who the doctor is. I think that's also anything very probable. It honestly might be like both Um, (laughs) because like, that's the thing about like, and we sort of talk about this on our on our um, episode where we talk about strong female characters and Mary Sue's yeah. is that there's totally a place for Mary Sue's and for characters who are women who are strong, outspoken, get everything yeah. right, blah blah blah. 
But like being hyper competent isn't like a character flaw, but being characterless <laughs> is a character flaw. Right. Like not having any flaws and especially or like no one really having any like major flaws that are overly detrimental. Yeah. It's like it just really does suck any tension or like room <laughs> for growth out of the show. Yeah, like, okay, there is, like, one point of flaw for a character, and it's that Ryan is a little closed off. He's a little guarded. He's a little guarded. He's, like, not, like, the smartest. He's doing all right. But he's, like, fine. He's, like, (laughs) solved a couple problems. He's known a few things. Like, like everyone's had a moment to sort of shine. Like, Like Rose was completely unfulfilled in her life. Yeah. It was only by going with the doctor that she got any fulfillment yeah whatsoever i like i like yaz and graham's sort of like reasons for joining the doctor Um, yeah they're like okay yaz wants to get away from her family like that's fine i'm sure we've all felt that graham is mourning and he doesn't want to sit in a house that reminds him of his dead wife and it just feels like ryan's like i got nothing better to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i i guess that's fair I don't know if you necessarily need, like, a strong reason to go on an amazing adventure. Sure, but I don't know. It just feels weird that this was the episode that was the lock-in, you know? I really had a great time watching spiders die. Let's do this again. Like, if it was the last episode that they decided to stay permanently, I'd be like, yeah, this makes total sense. They had a really great time and they met some famous historical figures and no no harm was done to them whatsoever. (laughs) And in this episode, everyone gets eaten by spiders and then they watch all the spiders suffocate to death. (laughs) It's a pretty dark episode. And her mom like kind of lost her job. (laughs) Like, well, it was, yeah, it was a shitty job. It was a bad job, but still. Yeah. And they seem to be doing all right. Their apartment was really nice. Yeah, they're fine. All right. <laughs> well, to wrap up, spiders, Captain Planet, Rosa Parks, racism is bad. Watch this if you're ten. <laughs> yeah, I just maybe you know I, I guess I don't know that much about Miss Frizzle either, but at least Miss Frizzle is like more quirky than this doctor. Oh yeah, like Miss Frizzle's batshit insane. <laughs> this doctor like. Her her biggest quirk is that she just, like, happens to know a lot of famous people. Oh, my God. It's, like, the only joke Chris Chibnall knows how to write. Which is, like, every time... I, so, I'm watching The Good Place now, and there's a character on that, Tahani, who <laughs> constantly is name-dropping people. And every right, but time, the joke is on her that she's the yeah, name-dropper. Yeah, And I, like, realized in this past two episodes, I was just like, oh, my God, the doctor's fucking Tahani. is like... Chris Chibnall just watched The Good Place and was like, oh, let's do that. Like, what are you uh, doing? And Except speaking the of The Good Place, place is doing, like, so much more interesting things than Doctor Who is. You're very right. Um, they're doing the Jeremy Baramy, which is the wibbly wobbly of NPC comedies. Yeah, like, fucking God plus The Good Place. In fact, we're going to talk about that next week yes where we discover the unholy unknowable truth that it turns out that the good place is just homestuck (gasps) 
No, but it is, guys. It totally is. <laughs> All, All right. right. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye.